Alexander. Shabbat for three. Bingo! Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. Butler will get it for the win. He is hard to believe. Here's Jordan. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another season of recaps post-game for the 2021-2022 season. Tonight, it is opening night, night number one. Opening night, Lakers and Warriors just finished off at the Staples Center, and there is a lot to unpack here, man. Russell Westbrook's Laker debut, 121-114, the final score in favor of the visitors from up north, the Golden State Warriors, to spoil Russell Westbrook's debut. It was an incredibly entertaining game. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and here is what I noticed. So let's start with some things. Right, immediately what I wanted to see was how what I talked about in the Laker preview. It's not too late to go see that, by the way. Check it out, it's on the channel uh, with the Lake Show. We talked about the sacrifices between Russ and LeBron and how that's going to balance out. You really don't want AD sacrificing much, I think, if you're a Laker fan. You want AD being aggressive and scoring 30 points a game. First thing I noticed the starting lineup decision. So Vogel's going with DeAndre Jordan to start, which makes me believe that he wants to do what he did similar he wants to be do what similarly to what he did in 2020 which was to have JaVale McGee play the 5 start out with that but really play AD the 5 for most of the game and only play JaVale/DeAndre Jordan for like 20 to 22 minutes a game tonight DeAndre played 13 but for for stretches it really felt like he played more Dwight Howard also played 13, but in my opinion, you guys as my subscribers that have watched me for a season know now what I think of DeAndre Jordan. I really thought that it was a very weird move for the Lakers. I think Marc Gasol with what he offers in terms of IQ and floor spacing would have been a much better player to have alongside these the big three. I don't think DJ offers anything offensively except for a role threat and I also think that defensively he's not as good as people realize. I think that he has a reputation of being a great rim protector, but he doesn't talk enough on defense, which you see with various defensive breakdowns. I think that positionally he's not as good as a guy like a Marcus Saul or yeah, Marcus Saul's the prime example because he played for the Lakers last year, so it's easy for me to go there. And then I also think at times he's just in no man's land, kind of waiting to help or waiting to get a block or something. And I think that it's literally a lot. There's a lot of players on the Lakers that are roamers on defense. Westbrook being one and LeBron being another and very good ones. And I think that there were many times tonight as we're going to we're going to talk more in depth about it. But there were many times tonight where Laker players uh, after one rotation, you know, it would be very scrambled, very disorganized all over the place like they didn't know where to rotate next like they were just falling asleep watching it all play out like the rest of us watching on tv and that comes with time that comes with chemistry communicating with your new teammates as i said many times defense in the nba today and usually in the history of the nba is all about communication by the way tell me what you think of this quality you see in my features in 1080p son for the people listening on youtube drop your comments we'll be getting to them soon but we got a long we got a game to talk about here if you're joining us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, I appreciate you as well, the listeners. 
going to work in the morning, if you're listening to this on Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, whatever you may be doing. So clearly the Lakers' strategy to start defensively was to throw two on Steph. Just like we saw in the play-in game, the Lakers do a really good job on Steph. Every single screen and every time Steph comes up the court, it seems like he just gets a he wants a screen. And, you know, they'll do it 30 feet away, which will throw. And I think DeAndre and Dwight and various guys that they were putting in that pick and roll action did a good job defending Steph. Like they were up on him and putting two on him and Steph was making the right play every time. What's amazing about Steph is you basically, no matter if he's on the ball or off the ball, you have to put two guys on him. You have to have two bodies reacting to him when he's coming off screens whether it's on ball or off ball, and that creates openings for everybody else. The problem is guys like Draymond Green are allergic to shoot, and that hasn't helped in the offseason. And look, I, you guys know, again, my loyal Dime Dropper fans know that I actually like Draymond Green's game a lot. I think that he does invaluable things to the Warriors. I think he's indispensable, and I think that a lot of casual fans do not see the impact that he really puts in beyond the box score. Tonight he had six points, eight rebounds, and six assists, five turnovers though, two of five. Problem is, what did we talk about last season really held the Warriors back? Two of five. You're afraid to shoot. A lot of times, him and Looney, they each shot five times. Looney was three of five with seven points. But a couple times, Steph, you know, the Lakers are running him off the three-point line. And Steph a couple times passed up 18-footers, mid-range shots, and dumped it off to Draymond and Kevon Looney. And I think that that's the right decision more often than not. But I think that as the game wore on and Steph just could not find good looks and was missing. And, you know, what's a good look for Steph? I mean, he makes the seemingly impossible look possible. So he was just not hitting. And I thought that he passed up a lot of mid-ranges and runners that he could have taken. Instead, he made a decent play, which is to dump it off to Draymond and Looney at various times. But I think the lack of confidence that Draymond and Looney have around the basket to score... Like, at times, they'd fumble the ball, or they don't know if they want to go up with it, or they want to pass it. That gives smart and agile athletic defenders like LeBron, AD, DeAndre, just that split second gives them a chance to recover. And I think that I would prefer Steph forcing maybe an 18-footer with a guy on his back, or not even a force. I think sometimes he just passed up good looks. And I, I think that Steph, just going forward, I also think that sometimes, and I mentioned this in the plane when he got eliminated last year, sometimes fuck a screen. I know you can get a good look with the screen because you're going to send two defenders, but when you're trying to get your shot and rhythm, and tonight it was okay for Steph because the Warriors still won, and I still think despite the fact that he went 5 of 21, I think he still played a great game. I mean, 21 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, but I think that at times he needs to neglect screens and don't don't pass up the mid-range game because it'll you know when your shots aren't falling any shot that goes in everything will change for a shooter like that but let's talk about the Lakers offensively which I had a big you know I was magnifying glasses on him magnifying glasses and this is what I noticed LeBron I was as I said with the Lake show I wanted to see what the sacrifice sacrifices were from LeBron and Russ I thought as I said before, AD, you don't want him to sacrifice. Really, you want him to be your number one scorer. And I think that AD in the first lineup with DJ, what he does usually when a center is out there, when he's playing the four is he kind of stays at the perimeter 18 feet away from the basket and it's not really threatening anybody. I thought that today, even with DJ on the court, and this was around the first quarter as the first quarter progressed, I thought that Anthony Davis did a really good job of getting in the right spots when he was trying to post up. So, for example, Lakers will clear out a lot of iso ball tonight for LeBron and, and AD. And I think for AD, what I loved about it was you get him on the block 
and you get him around the block area. You know what I'm saying? Not 18 feet away where the defense can load up above the foul line. Because when you're posting up below the foul line, they have people always say, oh, in Michael Jordan's era, there was a legal defense. The same thing exists today with defensive three-second violation. If you watch that game tonight and you watch certain isolation situations where Melo and Anthony Davis, when they got the ball 15 feet or closer to the basket around that block area, the Warriors players were loading up, but they couldn't fully... Uh, fully just sit in the paint because that's a defensive three-second violation. So if they commit, that's basically the same as a hard double team. And when they're just loading up like that and not fully committing, a great player that has postgame, and AD was doing this tonight, one hop dribble into the middle of the paint, jump hook or fading away, so it's like the defender that's coming late is not really even there in time. Or if he is coming and t is ready for you to go middle, you can find the man that he's helping off of to shoot. And I think AD was really good about the positioning in which, you know, he was, uh, the positioning he was getting. I thought LeBron, though, was clearly making a point tonight that he is still LeBron James. He came out and attacked. I thought his jumper looked fantastic. I think it was pretty hard to get to the rim because of DeAndre Jordan and the spacing or lack of it. I think that LeBron's jumper looked great, though. I thought that even at times... He went for the stop on a dime, which I've been critical that he doesn't really have as much anymore since he's bulked up. I think going left, he had it, and he made it, uh, I think, once or twice. But most of the time, it's not in a one-on-one situation. It's it's either, you know, he's coming off a screen and he's got room to kind of fade away and really open his body up. Because the thing is, if a guy is guarding you on your hip or standing in front of you and you're fading away... Uh, and they're coming from your right side, the way LeBron shoots over his head, that's why guys get a chance to hit it from behind. So when he's coming off those screens, he can fade away a little bit and stop on a dime more comfortably. Um, but going right, he still looks like it's a little, it's awkward for him because of the way he shoots. Um, that being said, though, LeBron's jumper was fantastic. And as far as scoring and the way he looked, I'd be really happy if I was a Laker fan seeing him like that because that LeBron is the, you know right up there in that best player in the league conversation. My problem is this, guys, and this is what I really noticed about tonight. LeBron was trying to go out there and get going himself. He wanted to go score. In the beginning, he tried to play a little off the ball. He came off you know, a pin down and curl, and he lost the ball in the beginning. And then... You know, he tried to go baseline, and then he was fouled and tripped. After that, the very few times where he really was moving off the ball in that half-court offense, he just kind of curled up and got the ball and either went and isoed in the post or in the mid-post. I like the areas in which he was operating when it came to scoring, but the thing is, who's the new guy in town? Russell Westbrook. You, as the leader, as the champion, as the guy that's put in the GOAT conversation, LeBron is supposed to be the guy that makes everybody better. Was Russell Westbrook made better tonight? He was not. And w why was that the case? Because they're not letting Russ do what he does. And what Russ does is he pushes the pace, he gets out and runs, and in the half-court offense... I think that you need to let Russ bring up the ball more than LeBron because LeBron is the better scorer. LeBron is the guy that's more comfortable in the mid-range area, more comfortable at the three. And I think that LeBron needs to let Russ handle the ball a little more. If let's let, For example, I'm going to use an example from tonight's game. There was a play where LeBron came up the court. I saw Russ get the rebound, and Le he gave it to LeBron. And... Those plays add up because Russ isn't catching the ball or touching the ball in a lot of those plays again. He's going possession after possession, not touching the ball. And when LeBron was getting hot in that second quarter around that time, 
and he was kind of, I remember there was one possession in particular. Russ gave him the ball off the rebound. LeBron comes up the court. He runs a little high screen and roll with Dwight, or he throws it to Dwight. Dwight gets it back to him. Then he comes off the screen, throws it to Bazemore, sets a screen for Bazemore to get the switch, and then gets in the post and then shoots. Uh, for the most part, you know, two people touch the ball very quickly. LeBron's controlling it all, and Russ is sitting in the corner. There was just a lot of moments where Russ was sitting in the corner. And even though LeBron and AD were making those shots in isolation throughout the game, you are not helping Russ get in rhythm here. You are not. The the offense was fairly stagnant. As we know, Russ and LeBron just aren't fantastic off the ball. And I think this is a work in progress, and we can't draw too many conclusions from just tonight. It's going to be a work in progress. But LeBron on catch and shoot, I don't love it. It seemed like he was more comfortable off the dribble. Russ catch and shoot looks awful. You know he's never been good at that. And plus, when DeAndre Jordan's out there, when Russ catches the ball and tries to, you know, work off the catch on the rip through and the paint is clogged, that doesn't suit him well either. Um, Other than that, though, as far as the bench guys, I want to say I don't think Vogel got his rotations right either. I think, you know, there were times where Russ and LeBron were, for example, on the bench at the same time. I don't think that that does anything because I think that when LeBron goes to the bench, it's a perfect time for Russ to start getting his rhythm running the offense and starting, like, for example, late in the game, he got a nice drive and kick out to Avery Bradley. That's more like Russell Westbrook. And I honestly think that it's just, look at the, what the Warriors did tonight. They played with only Looney and they only as their only true center, and they only played him for 15 minutes. They went with a small ball lineup for the majority of the game. Igadala, Otto Porter Jr., Nemanja Bielica, who we're going to get into in a second. He was my player of the game. And Draymond Green at the five. And I think that that made it tough in certain situations for when Dwight and... So the second unit comes in for the Lakers, right? Dwight, Melo, Rondo. I think Bazemore is going to be the best defender perimeter-wise on this team, like I said in the preview with the Lake Show. But Carmelo, we know who he is. And he is the same Carmelo he was in 2008 in terms of his mindset. Every time he touches the ball... He looks to score every single time. He has no, like, he just the green light is always on with that dude. And there's a reason why he's never won a championship. And I think that's part of the reason why. And you see it with the Blazers, too. It's just like sometimes he just doesn't know when to quit. And Deon, and Dwight Howard tonight just didn't have a great game. I thought that he got caught in no man's land on those secondary rotations. And I thought that Nemanja Bielitsa, Juan Toscano-Anderson, these various guys, we were making him pay because... I thought, you know, Dwight's instinct is to be a rim protector. Same with DeAndre Jordan. And a lot of those times when they're not really attacking the paint like that, they're mostly hitting you from the perimeter with guys like Damian Lee with Jordan Poole. And then Bielitsa and Otto Porter and, and Juan Toscano-Anderson for these pick and pops or short rolls. I think that a lot of times Dwight was in no man's land. DeAndre was in no man's land. And Carmelo Anthony was not rotating. Carmelo Anthony... It's, it, that stuff takes a work in progress because it's team defensive communication, secondary rotation, all that. And when you got Curry getting doubled at the top, it's going to force a lot of rotations. And LeBron did a really good job, I thought, defensively of making the first rotation. But I think the helper needed help. And LeBron didn't really get that too much uh, of various portions of the game. I thought LeBron's defense was pretty good. Obviously not on the ball because that's not what he is. But he's a great safety, off-ball defender, rotator, whatever. I thought AD was... A good good defensively as well at times, but I also thought he had brain lapses. And on second chance opportunities, I thought the Warriors got a good amount of offensive rebounds tonight. They got nine. Lakers got five. So even with the size that the Lakers have, 
the Warriors got more offensive rebounds. And I think that they were just a little more lively to the balls. And I think the, it's because of the positioning that the Lakers were in, scrambled on defense, not close to a man. And I thought that Rondo, for one, I think that he got too many minutes. Rondo is a guy that I'm very familiar with and I'm a huge fan of and I'm a much more sympathetic towards Rondo than a lot of Clipper fans are but I know why he did not play well in the playoffs because Rondo right now doesn't have the same burst that he used to have and guys have always sagged off on Rajan guys have always sagged off but he's been so nifty quick that he's been able to get around them regardless in this no hand check era problem is now he doesn't have that same burst people are going to dare him to shoot his jumper has gone better over the years, but last year with the minutes that Tyloo was giving him, he couldn't find a, sh a rhythm shooting the J. If he is not hitting his jumper, people are going to invite him to score, similar to how they do with Westbrook at times, and they know that Rondo's feeding the pass. So with the Lakers, you got one guy off the bench with Melo, who all he wants to do is shoot, and then you have another guy with Rondo, all he wants to do is pass. And I think that Rondo didn't have a horrendous game, I thought that he made a nice pass on AD's spin lob. I thought that he had a nice steal here and there. He made a nice three in the corner. But overall, I think that Rondo at times can really stagnate ball movement because he loves to handle the ball himself. And plus, I do not understand Russ and, and Rondo playing in the same lineup at all. I think that's terrible from Vogel. I think he needs to quit it now because I think that neither of them are good off-ball threats. They're completely on the ball. Russ is just not very creative with his movement off the ball. He's a new school kind of player. And I think that Rondo does nothing for him. Rondo, Russell Westbrook was just sacrificing way too much tonight. And I understand that's what happens when you play with two stars, really. But it's not what happens when you play with certain stars. And this is why I, I, I'm so happy I've done this whole old school watching of basketball. Because when I watched Magic in 1980 and saw how he played with three other all-stars, I realized what you have to do as a star that loves the ball. You need to be okay with not having the ball and be able to move in the offense without it being very take turns. And LeBron has not proven to me he can do that. And he needs to take a dip. Like, look, AD is the one you want scoring 25 plus. If LeBron averages 23, 8, and 8, and Westbrook averages 22, 7, and 8, or whatever, and they win more, that's better. I think it's very basic to just look and say LeBron and AD played great and Russ played like trash. I think that there's a reason why Russ played like trash because minutes and minutes would go on and he wouldn't touch the ball. Finally, in the second quarter, the Lakers get the ball to Russell in a low post touch. He scores and then he gets immediately pulled out of the game after a possession where Rondo didn't even look to pass him the ball. Like, you're not trying... You're, this game, I think the Lakers did a really poor job of trying to get Russell Westbrook comfortable. LeBron and AD may have been great, and they were. And I think Anthony Davis, he even could have been a little better in the second half, in my opinion. I think when Nemanja Bjelica was on him, I think he wasn't as aggressive as he should have been. But overall, I thought AD was great. I mean, 34, 33 points, 15 of 26. LeBron was very efficient. I thought he was great scoring the ball. 34 points, 11 boards, 5 assists. I think he slowed down a little bit in the 4th. Um, 5 of 11 from 3 from LeBron, which is amazing. I thought 1 of 5 from AD for 3. Again, you guys know how I feel about AD shooting 3s. I think he needs to shoot like 2 or 3 a game, to be honest, and keep attacking the, the inside. And I think that Vogel needs to continue to play with AD at the 5. And I honestly think that AD needs to man up and just start at the 5, man. Like, you're, you're holding this team back. It's not even that, as Lake Show said in the preview, it's not even that bang-bang anymore. But... I thought the Warriors did a really good job of staying in it. And I just kept saying to myself, like, 
Steph's not hitting. The Warriors are getting a ton of good looks, and the Lakers are not running. The Lakers are not pushing the pace. The Lakers are playing exclusively half court, and half court with the spacing that they have does not favor Westbrook at all, especially when minutes go by and Westbrook's not really touching the ball, not really shooting. In the second half, I noticed what was happening for Westbrook. He wanted to, he felt like he was having a bad game, that he wasn't doing enough. So he tried to try to force the issue. He ran and missed a layup. He was trying to get fouls. I saw what was happening to him. So you're not going to expect Russ to bail you out in the fourth quarter with that. And I saw a lot of Laker fans going at Russ, and he's going to be the easy scapegoat this season. But look, I go back and watch my podcast, Who's the Goat? Does And let me clarify that that doesn't mean I, I think Michael Jordan's the GOAT. I'm still on a journey. But when I talked about LeBron in depth, I said that the third star in his big threes always takes a huge back seat. And that's only because of the way LeBron is, not because that's what has to happen. Chris Bosh first, Kevin Love second. Now Westbrook. It has to be more of a balance than this. And it's going to be because it's the first game, so do not panic. I sound very strong with what I'm saying, but I'm just talking about tonight's game. Things are going to change. LeBron's one of the smartest players ever. He's going to watch the film, and they're going to learn. And I think that and Frank Vogel, though, needs to cut it out with the, with the, with the Rondo-Westbrook lineups. They just don't make sense. DeAndre needs to be played less. Uh, Vogel needs to figure things out. For example, Avery Bradley was great tonight when he came in at the end of the game. But just throwing Avery Bradley out there at the last, like it just showed to me disorganization from Vogel. And here's the thing, it's the first game, so it's normal. Uh, I thought that uh, in the beginning of the third quarter, the Warriors, you know, this just shots weren't going for Steph. And I thought that in the beginning, it was the same, you know, Russ was just sitting in the corner watching LeBron work. But once, LeBron started hitting some tough ones though. Uh, I think it was the... I don't know if it was a step back three or a fall away. By the way, that turn over the right shoulder, he went to two or three times tonight. And as I said in the preview with the Lake Show, man, he has really gotten better at that over the last five years or so. And again, much better over that right shoulder. Left, he tried it tonight once, didn't go, looked a little weird. But right shoulder, man, LeBron's got that down pat. And he didn't, and if he had had that earlier in his career, man, you guys don't that didn't get to watch him when he was in Cleveland the first time. Don't understand how much that would have unlocked various portions of his game. But the fact that he's had has it now is great. Uh, I think he needs to continue to go to it all season. But I also think it's more comfortable if LeBron does that and fights for mid post position himself with Russ throwing the ball into you know making the entry pass because just Russ handling the ball, just Russ making an entry pass. These are again, this is a game of humans. This is not a game of robots that you just expect to put up stats without touching the ball and without changing their roles. Russell Westbrook is a total confidence player. You have to let him get confident. The night. AD and LeBron wanted to get show everybody that they're still AD and LeBron. That's not what's going to help them win this game. Everyone's saying, oh, you know, LeBron and AD played great and the Lakers still lost. LeBron and AD don't need to put up 30-plus for the Lakers to win every night. They need to just find a way to get out and run and incorporate Westbrook better. You're not going to win games playing Westbrook this way. It's not going to happen. And it's not going to be the, a theme of the season because it's early and the Lakers are not stupid. Um, I think Malik Monk was okay today. I don't, you know, he didn't really, two of five in 19 minutes. I thought that a lot of those, like Lakers bench in terms of defense has really taken a hit. I mean, Caruso, KCP, Kuzma, you know, you got to remember, say what you want about Kuzma, but his hustle these last couple of years has been big time. So I think that the Lakers really are, are have really taken a step down defensively top to bottom with their personnel, especially on the perimeter. That's why I think Bradley will slowly become a bigger part of this rotation um, going forward. 
But yeah, other than that, let me think. I mean, Nemanja Bielica, I got to close it out with him. I thought Jordan Poole was really good, by the way. And we talked about him in the preview. Go check that out with Asher. Uh, we talked about how he's a, a most improved candidate, no doubt about it. His shooting, his finishing, even finishing with the offhand, same foot, same fi uh, hand finish. You know, he was making some tough ones. Um, but I also thought the Lakers just overall, it's going to take time. I think the Warriors just knew each other better. Um, Lakers, 45 and 95 in the field as a team, shot 47.4%. That's pretty good. Uh, 3.15 to 42, 35.7%. Also pretty good. 9 of 19 from the line, though. 47% from there. LeBron, 3 of 6 and 82 of 7. I mean, that doesn't help at all. Uh, the Warriors won the game in the fourth quarter. They were down by two. They outscored the war uh, the Lakers 38-29 in the fourth. And what I put that down to is a lack of familiarity with the Laker team defensively. And I think that because Vogel was experimenting with his lineup so much, and just I just think they felt discombobulated. And every single miss felt that much bigger in the fourth quarter because the Warriors' shot quality was so much better than the Lakers. And that's because Steph just draws two guys, and he plays so fast in that half-court set. I mean, guys, it's really the, the key to basketball. It's really in the half-court set is really just moving without the ball. And it's a skill that's just not taught anymore in America the same way it used to be, as we talked about, is the NBA getting better? Kobe talked about this. And I think a guy tonight that, speaking of foreign players looking good, Nemanja Bielitsa. I mean, I've seen him play. I knew he could shoot, but the things he was doing tonight, finishing around the rim through contact, three times in the first half, he made shots around the paint, just going to the rim. Uh, I thought he was in the right place at the right time defensively. And I thought that, you know, the Lakers did not, take advantage of their Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan behemoths because I think the Warriors with Otto Porter, Bielitsa, they did a good job of gang rebounding. I think they took advantage of Rondo and Westbrook not being outside threats and kind of sagged off when shots went up from different guys. They were able to get their hands in and deflect the ball from Dwight and DJ, keep them off the glass. Uh, Dwight Howard, see DJ only had two rebounds tonight, both defensive rebounds. Dwight Howard, six rebounds, but no offensive rebounds. And Dwight was so good in the 2020 season with getting second-chance opportunities for the Lakers. So I thought the Warriors did a great job there. Bielitsa hitting threes, though, in the second half and the fourth to ice it. Great hard foul on LeBron. Got a flagrant one. Took one for the team, though. LeBron, I'm pretty sure, made one of two at the line. And I just think that the Warriors just were more familiar with their team. Wiggins was okay. You know, he was on a minutes restriction, only 26 minutes. And by the way, the fact that Steve Kerr said that Draymond and Wiggins were on a minutes restriction, which they were, is ridiculous. I mean, guys, this is the start of the fucking season. Like, how are you not prepared to play basketball right now? Like, are you kidding me? Like, what's going on here in this NBA? It's a circus right now. But I actually enjoyed watching the circus show tonight, and it was the win for the Warriors. I thought Steph overall played well. Um, I think it's a work in progress for the Lakers, but I think that LeBron... Had, I think LeBron played great scoring the ball. 34 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists though. And that's my point. The assists went down because I think LeBron looked to score a lot tonight. And that's great. But I think he needs to do it in a different way. In a way that's less ball dominating. In a way that Russ is incorporated more. And I and after those early off-ball actions for LeBron, he became exclusively just... Whenever Russ got the ball, he just stood at the top of the key. And that's just not going to work. It's just not going to work. Not for a championship level. Um, that's just my opinion. By the way, I, I really hope I don't hear any Braun stands crying about this. Because, look, this is basketball, man. It's a game of, of people. And it's a game of, you know, making each other comfortable. You need to understand a game at a high level. I ain't saying LeBron cost him the game. I ain't saying AD cost him the game. But just trading ISOs with LeBron and Anthony Davis and letting your floor general triple-double average third superstar 
uh, not touch the ball for large stretches of the game. Then he goes out of the game. Then he's playing with Rondo, Vogel, the whole Laker team from the players to the coaching staff. They did not do a good job of getting Russ incorporated and comfortable tonight at all. And I think that's going to change going forward. I think you'll probably see a concerted effort to really get him going next game. Um, But yeah, that's it for me with the Laker recap. Uh, Let me rattle off some stats for the dubs. Steph Curry, as I said, 21 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Jordan Poole, though, was awesome. 20 points, 8 of 18, 4 of 11 from 3. Nemanja Bielitsa, though, my player of the game. 15 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, and a steal. He had a really nice fake handoff and turn and kick late in the game. It was beautiful. And then Andre Iguodala, who I thought that the Miami Heat didn't use as much as I would have liked them to use last season. 23 minutes, very positive impact tonight, plus eight in the plus minus, 12 points, doing what he does best, just making the right play, making the right reads on those short rolls and playing good defense. Uh, Damian Lee also made some really big shots, 15 points for him, four of 10 from the field, only one of five from three, but he made the difference. As for the Lakers, AD, 33 and 11, great opening night, a lot to look forward to with him. Um, I think that he needs to be playing the five a lot more though uh, lebron in 37 minutes 34 points 11 rebounds five assists four turnovers 13 of 23 from the field five of 11 from the three three of six from the line great night scoring the ball for lebron but he needs to sacrifice more in terms of ball dominance with westbrook he needs to try to make him feel better and needs to be willing to go run because in the half court it's just lebron ball and this is where you gotta you gotta try to get the most out of him this is where the Magic Johnsons and the Larry Birds to me really stand out when I watch them because they just adjust. They just do not care about their stat. They don't care about maintaining 30-point average, any of that garbage. So this is what LeBron needs to do. He needs to do a little bit more back. You can't just make Russ sacrifice everything for you because it's your team and all this shit. That sounds all hunky-dory and cool and all that, but that's just not how this works. Not with a player that has the ball in his hands like that. Anyway, um, Rondo, three points, one of four. Rondo is just... Guys, I'm telling you, Laker fans, I love him, but his defense, and I just think that right now at this stage of his career against elite competition, he offers more negative than positive. Against shitty teams, maybe he'll get away with it. But And I love Rondo, man. I, I, I think he should be a Hall of Famer, no doubt. But because of the reasons I said earlier, I just think that he's just not it. And I think he should get spot minutes, but not too many. But that's about it. As for the Dodgers, wow, what a scary situation that was today. Uh, Corey Seager started off with a two, two run dinger home run. Mookie Betts, man, that dude is, it's like every single time he comes, comes up to the plate, like he's going to get on second base, you know, he's going to get a single and then he's going to steal. He puts us in so many great positions to score. And I think that Corey Seager, especially in the giant series was just like not delivering as much as he should. And obviously now it's, it's good that he's starting to get going a bit. Um, and capitalizing on that. The Turners are still not, just haven't been up to scratch, unfortunately. And I think that that er error that Gavin Lux made in the outfield today really almost cost us our whole season, you know? They ended up scoring multiple runs after that. Uh, Jock Peterson, it's it sucks seeing Jock Tober on the other side. I fucked with Jock Peterson heavy. All Dodger fans really did. And we went down 5-2, and Cody Bellinger, hero of Game 5 in the NLDS against the Giants, was the savior again tonight. Three-run bomb, and then Mookie Betts sends us home. Kenley gets to close out, and we stay alive to see another day. It's really all about the offense, though, and just basic fielding. Uh, I'm contemplating if I want to go to the game tomorrow or not. I really don't know. Uh, I got I to gotta get around there at some point, either game four or five, right? I mean, it's a magical run, my first playoff run, being back in L.A. since 20, uh, 2016. So 
whatever. But hey, guys, I didn't get to watch much of the Bucks Nets game at all, so I don't really have much feedback on that. Good win for the Bucks. Uh, Giannis definitely looks hungry. Uh, overall, though, guys, that's my recap for tonight. About 32 minutes. Let me know what you thought in the comments. Spotify, Apple Podcast, people. Tell your friends about this podcast. If you're a Warriors fan, if you're a Lakers fan, especially if you're a Laker fan, tell them about this podcast if you fuck with it, if you fuck with what I'm saying. Um, now I'm going to go live to our amazing subscribers. I guess Lakers lose tonight. Not as big of a crowd as when the Clippers lose. When the Lakers win, we'll see. But hopefully we'll get the crowds back this season. 31 people in the live waiting oh so patiently will now have their questions answered. Peace, ladies and gentlemen. I probably won't be live tomorrow night if I go to the Dodger game. If I don't, let me know what you think in the comments if I should go live again tomorrow night. Um, But we will be live on Thursday after Clippers Warriors. You better believe it. Peace out.